0: To be
1: inspired Through authentic conversations That is
2: sure to be On everyone's lips Hello, hello Welcome everyone to episode 7 of On everyone's lips We are so happy you guys chose to listen to us My name is Chelsea Jade My name is Lindsay J. And I'm Monique Nose, aka Mo And we are the ladies on
3: everyone's lips
0: On episode 7 of OEL, we dive into the stigma of mental health. We interview special guest Shatia Blunt, a certified professional coach and trained therapist. We'll discuss differences between coaching and therapy, warning signs of mental health triggers, seeking help, and steps to moving your life in the right direction. So everybody sit back, relax, and enjoy some juicy conversation that is sure to be on
3: everyone's lips. Yes. So what's up ladies? What's up? This is gonna be a interesting topic.
0: It absolutely is. I can't wait to get dived into this because this is a topic that's been going around for a long time. I think we're gonna have some good conversation. So today is Sunday. What y'all been up to this weekend?
3: This weekend, I had a family weekend. Yes, so yesterday I hung out with my father. We had crabs, one of my favorite. It was so good. We went to the county fair down in Fredericksburg with some of other family members. And um, it's real country down there. Real country, but it's such a good time. Where was
2: it at? In Fredericksburg. Oh, okay. Yes,
3: and it's such a good time. So uh, that's what I did. That was my evening.
2: You had some funnel cakes?
3: Yes. I had a funnel cake. I sure did with extra powdered sugar. Extra.
2: Yes. Did you have some fruit on? No, yeah. I didn't
3: do the fruit. Oh, you gotta add some. No strawberries. whipped cream? Okay. No whipped cream either. No. Nope.
2: What about you, Chelsea J? Just did brunch for my sister's birthday. That's about it. And we went to church today.
0: Oh yeah. Happy birthday to so my sis. Well it's yes. not her birthday yet, but well, it's yeah. coming up July thirty first. So yes. shout out to the Leos out there. Shout out to the Leos. <laughs> Leo season. What about you, Shatia? What what you get into this weekend?
1: Um I I had um day mastermind professional development workshop yesterday oh. and i've been working on presentations oh so, that's good and now i'm here this is a working weekend but next weekend i'll be partying in toronto for carabana hey. Oh, nice. hey. my girl's hey. Like hey. <laughs> so this is the work weekend okay oh, let fun. your hair down next weekend <laughs> absolutely oh yeah let some other things down too yes
0: <laughs> no, we're here for it i know <laughs> so y'all know i like to get into my recent topics so recently, you know, Wendy Williams did an interview on Sirius XM with um, Karen Hunter, and she just happened to mention she was talking about how, you know, her and her husband, ex-husband, soon to be um, Kevin Hunter, are going through a divorce. And she mentioned that um, she's still going to keep his last name. You know, Wendy right now, she her name that she's known for is Wendy Williams, but... Of course, legally, I guess on paper, she has Wendy Hunter has her last name because that's where her ex husband's um, last name is, and she says she's going to keep his last name. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I know they have a son; he's older now because I think he's gone to college. But she still says she's going to keep it. Which, what do y'all think about that?
2: Yeah, um, is she not planning on ever getting married again?
0: <laughs> That's what I was wondering, too. I was wondering if she was ever going to get married again. But I've, a lot of girls have done that. Don't y'all agree? Like, a lot of women have done that. And I don't know. For for me, and this is just my opinion, I always say I probably I probably would get rid of it. Just because it, it depends. And I guess it depends on how you guys divorced. Like, mm-hmm. do you guys think there's any reason why you
1: would? Like, do you have an opinion on why you would or wouldn't keep it? Um, How long were they married?
0: They were married for like 20-something years. So,
1: I mean, it's a part of her identity at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, this is who she she has been and who (laughs) she's presented herself as for the last 20 years. So to make the decision now after a recent divorce to keep it makes sense. People learn, grow, develop. She may have a different opinion in five years, but right now it seems kind of appropriate because, you know, a lot of her life is in transition who wants yeah. to change your name in that point? Right. <laughs> and know? I think
3: it's more of in the meantime, in between time. So right. if she did meet that person that she want to marry again. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, she's going to change her name to whoever, right. you know, she got married to. But because like sh- Shatia said, you know, this is her identity. She ch- she sh- shares a child with this man. So that's another connection. Yep. So, I mean, I can, under- I can understand, you know, why would you go... Why would you change your name? You would just keep it. But then on, I have two minds on it because, on the other hand, he did publicly humiliate, humiliate her, yeah. you know, with his shenanigans. And so, um, I mean, I can understand if she wanted to change the name also. But Yeah. And I,
0: and I think that's my big thing because I love Wendy and I just feel like what he did was just so dirty. Yes. I'm just like, what do you do? he cheated he had like Badly. a side chick yeah, yeah for like 12 years like 12 yes. or 13 years he's had a shot side chick got and her, got pregnant, her pregnant and and everything and i just feel like wendy de- doesn't deserve that because she's the main breadwinner in, in that relationship i'm and you know this is all speculation i'm not going to say that she was the main breadwinner i'm just saying that that's the one that we know of you know she's the one that's been in the spotlight we probably wouldn't have heard Of her husband if, you know, she Mm -hmm. wasn't someone who was such a big name. But I can understand both sides because she did mention that you don't just throw away 20-something years. Mm -hmm. So I can see where she's coming from. But I just, like you said, the humiliation publicly... I'm just like, I oh, don't know.
3: But, you know, at the same time, all your experiences help shape who you are. So everything that she's gone through with him, you know, it shapes you. You you know, everything's a learning experience. So and uh, think about the breadwinner. I mean, I believe he was behind the scenes. He did mm-hmm. a lot with her production and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, she's the one that we know. But I think he had a lot to do in her career as well. But I think he was more behind the scenes from yeah. from my
0: understanding.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, I guess we can go ahead and get into the show.
3: Yes. So we're going to go ahead and get into our topic today on mental health. And uh, this is a conversation that's really needed. So uh, we're going to we want to provide some insight to our listeners out here on this on this topic. So today we have a guest in studio with us. Um, She is a licensed therapist with an expertise in leading. She is a certified professional coach who is skilled at listening and breaking big problems down into small action steps. She is a champion of truth and healing around mental health issues and communities of color. She helps her clients feel less overwhelmed, which is great. That's, you know, that is what we're looking for and able to breathe again. She is known for her realness and out-of-box thinking. It is our pleasure to welcome to the studio, Miss Shatia Blunt.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
3: Pleasure to be I for here. I know. We can do <laughs> it. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here today. We have a lot to discuss, so we'll just go ahead and get into it. Um, there's been a lot of talk in the news lately about the importance of mental health mm-hmm. and wellness. So we're gonna start there. Okay. Um, so just so you can give our audience some background on you, what made you decide to get into this field?
1: Um. So it sounds cliche, right? People say the field chose me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's something that I'm naturally good at. Um. And so I'm a firm believer in working smart, not hard, right? So I have this skill set. Um. I have the ability to look at things from so many different directions, and I and people since I was a child, um. I've been a caretaker. You know, um, and when I first got to school, I thought I wanted to study sociology because it's like, oh, I like people. I like to be around people and didn't know that um, social work existed. And so went into social work. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to help people and thought I wanted to have a group home. And then as I began to work in those spaces and started to see um, how um, systems also impact mental health, started to feel very conflicted in those spaces because it's like, look, we got to give the people what they need, not just what you want to give them. And so I found that becoming a therapist or a mental health professional allowed me the um, opportunity to work with people in ways that work as opposed to ways that are prescribed by a lot of systems that are inherently oppressive from their inception. So mm-hmm. it kind of emerged. It went through me wanting to have group homes and me, you know, working in other arenas and just really kind of settling on, like, I want to help people and I want to do it the way that I want to do it. And being a therapist is going to allow me the freedom to do it in that way. Okay. And when you say systems, what do you, what do you mean by that?
0: Like, is it like when orphanages or what do you mean? No, nah,
1: all of the systems okay. the government system the government. just this morning mm-hmm. um i was having pillow talk mm-hmm. about um this tweet that um trump made about elijah cummings mm-hmm. and baltimore city is the worst city in the world mm-hmm. and they have the most um crime and all those things and i was talking to uh, my partner and i was like yo um this is how this is how racism works. Right? right. Like you have a platform and you are going to say that, you know, all these people from this city mm-hmm. are bad. Right. And then if you are a person from that city, how do you internalize it mm-hmm. when your president is saying yeah. that you are bad and your president is not acknowledging mm-hmm. the his- the history of. That created this situation, you know, and so I when I say that I'm able to look at things like I see a direct correlation between what was said and the emotional health of people, particularly people of color Mm -hmm. in that city. So and though and and. You see that in the banking systems. Mm-hmm. You see it in the child welfare systems. Right. You see it in health and human services. You see it in, in your court systems. You know, it is It is not... Um, it's like hidden in plain sight. Right. It's like really all of the systems. You see it in the mental health system. Absolutely. You know, um, in insurance. So mm-hmm. it is... It's everywhere, all yeah, of them. It is.
0: You're right, because... Um, I have a family member um, near and dear who just got out of the prison system and they go to a halfway house and it's like, where's the uh, rehabilitation for them? Because they don't have, you know, not not everybody has the help help, um, that other people have. And when you're put back into an environment that can possibly, where is the rehabilitation? Where is the help at? How Mm -hmm. are they helping you to get further so you won't get back into the same situation? So I think um, that is a very, you know, great point that you make there about you know the systems can get you caught up and they're not always helping you and how are we helping people to get to the point to where they need to yeah.
1: need to be And oftentimes those systems in our in my field is called like blaming the victim mm-hmm. so you you blame the person mm-hmm. who is having a negative impact mm-hmm. From the system that you created, exactly, and then mm-hmm. that gets internalized, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we, specifically people of color, believe that it's our fault. It's our fault, and we don't give enough. We don't have spaces, mm-hmm. oftentimes, especially in therapy, mm-hmm. to, to for the validation. Like, no, this is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I worked with a client before who um, did very well in high school. And got to college and was doing horrible. Mm. And and this particular client um, didn't quite understand. And so a lot of our work in therapy was helping her to accept that because of where she lived, she had a subpar education. Mm. Wow.
3: Okay. And
1: you are... Were- and and that was on purpose, mm,
3: right? now you're on a different and playing field. And now you're on a
1: different playing field. Mm. And you believe that it has been equal mm. and you have been celebrated wow. in this underperforming school system. You know, and now you are taking it on to yourself. Like, am I dumb? Mm. Am I stupid? Right. So I see a direct correlation Mm -hmm. between those things. And that's why my interest and area of of love and passion and concern and expertise is specifically in communities of color that has been marginalized. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we like we have to tell the truth about what happened. Like some of this stuff is our stuff. And let's take that. Mm-hmm. But some of this stuff is by design, and yes. we and we have this like my my tagline or my interest, you know, for the strong friend, right? Because we've had to be strong to deal with a lot of these um, issues and make it through, mm-hmm. right? but but when you come to me, like it's okay. like we don't have to be all strong here. Right. Because mm-hmm. you do have to play the game out there. Fair. But here we can know the truth about what's happening so that even when you go out there to play the game, you have a better understanding of the rules. Right. So that's kind of I don't know how we love got there. It. But that's what I mean. It's definitely. Because,
0: something, yeah.
3: definitely because it, it's it, basically what you're saying. You know, you're feeling this way for a reason. It's, yeah. You know, it's not don't don't. Disregard your feelings,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Don't take it all onto yourself. Like you are responding, like like if Triggers. you if you in a sauna you you can't blame yourself for being hot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you in a sauna, right. yes. you know? So let's yes. recognize Good the analogy. sauna, mm-hmm. right? And so you just like, oh, I'm just not normal. Everybody else is just so cool, and I'm just so hot. Like, you in a sauna, though. Like, right. like, let's recognize let's tell the truth about it, and then let's figure out how to um work within this sauna if you can't get out of it, or to create a plan where you could... um Exit If that's what you want to do, you yes. know, but you have to set you can't allow people to you can't separate the systems and the policy from people's mental health, especially in communities of color like you can't do it. And a lot of times we don't seek services because we seek services from people who don't think like us or who is d- not aware of our experiences or wanna believe that the experiences are not valid and we get invalidated in therapeutic spaces and then we don't wanna do it no more. It was like, I tried it, it ain't work. Therapy don't work, right? Yeah, yes. I, I remember one time I was on a, a train somewhere and this guy, you know, he's like, What you do? I'm mm-hmm. Like, All right, I'm a therapist. Mm-hmm. And he was like, They have black therapists. Like he wow, didn't even what? he didn't even know, right? right? So that's why like we're out here. We are out here, but and championing in this cause because we know that a lot of a lot of in our community we don't even know one what therapy is. I'm sure we'll get into that. And we don't know how we can utilize it or we have this idea about it that's not necessarily true now. It has been true before, you know, depending but on the no, orientation no. of the therapist. Mm-hmm. But there are alternatives. It's kind of like a date like you go out on a bad date you don't stop dating forever right mm-hmm. this therapist is not a good fit for you so you find the therapist that is and don't stop until you do, do. Yeah. exactly that's good. and that's a good point
0: that you brought up because there is a stigma in the communities of color surrounding mental health so what are some ways that we can introduce those introduce a mental health conversation how do we talk to our friends and get them to
1: open up about that so our brains are wired for narrative Right. We're narrative. We're we're wired for stories. And um, naturally, we are communal. We are social animals. We thrive on relationships. So the best way to get somebody to open up or to talk about it or whatever is for you to do it Mm -hmm. is for you to say, well, look, I've struggled with this as well or i have a sister who struggled with this and you make validating statements in our community we don't know how to validate we know how to fix we know how to jump to a solution but it's very difficult for us to stay in a moment with per with a person and just make them validate their experience right like using i statements and Mm -hmm. like we don't we don't that's that's not a skill that is taught the skill that is taught is like you're gonna be all right But that's the most invalidating statement you can make to a person who Mm. may be experiencing some um, mental health or behavioral health challenges. So I think you start by how do you introduce the conversation? You validate whatever it is that they're going through. um, And then you can share if there's somebody that's close to you because, you know, like you're more likely to trust the person when you feel like they can either understand you or they've been through what you've been through. Exactly. Being transparent. Exactly.
3: Mm -hmm. So true.
0: People love
1: And
3: then allowing that space where, oh, they've been through it so I can share because, Mm -hmm. you know, they've been through this and I feel more comfortable to share. I love that.
1: Yeah. And not try to fix it because a lot of times people feel like, like, I got great friends. I don't need a therapist. And your friends can be very therapeutic, small T, but they are not therapists, big T. Wow. Right? So you... As a friend, you have to be careful not to intervene in a space that you don't know nothing about. Mm. Right? Good point. Um so I always give the analogy of like a doctor or like a like a, a trauma person. Like mm-hmm. if your friend gets shot, you're not like I've seen this on TV before. Let me, you know what I'm saying? You are calling the people who you have really who have the yeah. skills yeah, that to that's be normal. able to, to to help this person. So it's the same idea with mental health. So you you validate And then you you can share Your own experiences And you can say You know I don't I mean I'm here for you I don't really know How to help But I heard On the OEL podcast (laughs) (laughs) You know About This this and that You know It may be something You want to look into um, But if not that's cool too. Either way, I got your back, right? So you like you it. introduce it as an option and not like you need therapy, right? Because now you're creating this. You put um, the person on the defense. On a, yes, mm-hmm. yes, you're creating mm-hmm. this dynamic, and you are not being you are not supporting your friend, mm-hmm. right? You're judging your friend, yes, or person or family or whomever.
0: Absolutely, I love what you said about that. Your friends can be therapeutic, but they are not therapists.
2: That is perfect tweetable moment (laughs) what is the difference between a therapist psychiatrist and psychologist
1: drinking water excuse me (laughs) (laughs) so um psychiatrists and psychologists can be therapists right so you have therapy is like a catch-all term a therapist a psychotherapist is a catch-all term And so many of us have different tracks that we get to to be able to be a therapist. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. That means a lot of my view is about person within the context of their community, which is why I talk the way I talk. Right. That's Mm -hmm. my training, because a person doesn't exist outside of their community Mm -hmm. like that is the context. Um, And so with the clinical social work license, I'm able to be an independent therapist. You have psychiatrists who are medical doctors. They do some therapy, not as much as they used to do in the past because of the um, managed care systems and insurance. So if you're seeing a psychiatrist, unless you are super, super rich, you're probably only getting about 15 minutes. And they are assessing you to see what kind of medications you need to fix whatever's going on with you. Which I have a lot of opinions about how that happens in our community. Mm -hmm. But I'll stay focused on your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, what was the other one? A psychologist. Um, also, it was kind of the social work was born out of psychology, but psychology also uses more of a medical model. Nine times out of ten, is office based, and they are not necessarily looking at the person in the context of their environment more so now than when it uh, originally started. When when you know psychology was. I don't know the year that it started but but when it first began, it was more um try not to use therapy words I want to say like psychodynamic, but it was like it's like really long term and the 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 person is looked at as a subject as an individual entity that may not have these additional influences. Does that make sense mm-hmm. yes. so the difference and then you have um licensed professional counselors right they also are um they, they don't have the, as social workers, we have like a social justice mission as well. So they don't, they, they have some elements of that, but it's is not as intense as it is for social workers. But we're all, um, we all can be therapists, depending on, you know, how far you get in your licensure and such, in yep. your education. Okay. <laughs> Long answer. Oh, good, oh, You, <laughs> you broke it good down.
2: Good answers. We need it. Have you noticed any trends in mental health recently?
1: Um trends I would say that I think it is becoming more acceptable in our communities. I love like I like watching reality TV. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> I like yeah. it too. And, yeah. <laughs> and I um I appreciate how a lot of those women and men are going to therapists. On the shows. On the yeah. shows, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So like making that, it more acceptable. Making it like more n- normalizing mm-hmm. it, you know, wow. Um, I really so I do see that more people know about it right. now. So in terms of a trend, I think the trend is in the educational space where people are now just they're aware that it's an option. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. before there was like. Therapist, I'm never doing that, right? And I think it's really interesting that, you know, on a lot of these reality shows there, the therapists are also people of color, male and female, you know? So I do see that as a trend.
3: I um, want to piggyback off of, on this Um, question as well because i've noticed that celebrities are getting involved to some celebrities Mm -hmm. such as taraji Taraji, mm -hmm, yeah she mm -hmm. created a foundation and she spoke on the in june on the congressional hearing Mm -hmm, mm and um i think that's phenomenal Mm -hmm. because it's needed it's needed and um not you know in our community but as a whole like you know these mass shootings a a, a lot of times it's mental health that's the that's the underlying of it so it's needed in all realms and I always say that um, you know it it knows no color you know color definitely uh, creed gender you know anybody can deal with this and when we
1: talk about stigma like that wasn't always the belief in our community it was like depression is a white thing right Mm -hmm. anxiety like what you know it's like it's not we don't have that like Mm -hmm. we just a little stressed Mm -hmm. you know like we don't we don't name it you know Um, for several reasons but I do think people are now, you know, utilizing those terms, Um, but it's also still a lot, a lot scary to, to, to name it. So, yes. Yeah. And I think um, just to piggyback off of what you said
0: earlier, too, about uh, the strong friend um, and someone who is strong, someone who does take care of. Uh, people and you know they may not always show it so what are some signs like what are um, what are some ways to know if someone may be experiencing depression anxiety
1: or any other type of mental health disorders so the strong friend may not exhibit it in the traditional ways right and so um, this is thing check on your strong friend check on your strong friend right because the idea is that no one they're not showing the symptoms so you have to know what you're looking for to be able to to, to see it in them so a lot of times with strong friends they um are super strong mm-hmm. right like stuff that's going on they'd be like well I got it you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just about to do they, they, They're always making moves. They're busy, 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 which means that they may not be taking time to check in with themselves because mm-hmm. what they know is to continue to take care of things and to continue to make moves. So whereas in our society, that's something that's celebrated. It can really be something that's maladaptive or something that is that that is a escape mm-hmm. from addressing really the things on. that's going on in their in their internal world but we celebrate it like oh secure the bag like right. wait mm-hmm. are you going to sleep though right like are you right. um how's your breathing mm-hmm. why are you sitting with your shoulders in your neck like this like mm-hmm. relax your shoulders like the like small things are always feeling um a lot of times when i get calls from strong friends they are like on the verge of a breakdown they are irritable with their children Mm. and they know like look i'm not myself and they find ways to tell you that they're not that they're not themselves and a lot of times they get invalidated by their people girl you got it you know i you always you always tell me what to do so i know you'll figure it Uh, out you know Mm. and they are breaking down completely and and one thing i would um a few of my strong friend clients have said to me, like, I'm like, when's the last time you cried? Like, they'd be like, Shatia, I don't have time to cry. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is a clear mm-hmm. indicator mm-hmm. that this person is not well emotionally Right mm-hmm. Right? But what they know to do Is just to keep going Keep going But right. they are breaking down I have a friend of mine That say you know Black don't crack But we crack from the inside out That's mm-hmm. when you start seeing A lot of medical issues mm-hmm. You know yeah. Fibroids We carry it in our In our reproductive organs mm-hmm. You know All types of things We mm-hmm. It begins to To fall apart Constantly Right running on E Yes yep. So that's How strong friends show it in the traditional way, um, and strong friends may have some elements of these too. Is like isolation. You don't really want to do the things that you um, normally want to do. Um, you are. And this is like specifically for depression, right? Like you feel completely hopeless. So hopelessness is different than sad, right? Sad is like you think you're gonna get better. You know, like yeah, I just need to, you know, give it some time. Like hopeless means. I don't see any viable solution for this problem. And it has been this way for at least the most recent two weeks. Right. Because mm-hmm. they are. Those are the those are the indicators. Right. It has to be. Um, we look at time, duration and intensity in mm-hmm. terms of like diagnosing. OK. Sorry if I'm getting too technical. No, oh, no, but no, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, you'll see um, lack of sleep or too much sleep you'll see um unexplained weight gain or weight loss uh you'll see um changes in diet mm-hmm. uh like those those types of things um are like like the big indicators you'll hear them say you know they'll talk about feelings of despair or sadness and those types of things um for anxiety you'll you'll see uh people um like work, they're just worried. They're always in a constant state of worry. They're very hypervigilant. They're very not, they're not trustworthy, mm-hmm. you know? And some of that is um, plausible. Like some of it you, you shouldn't trust, right? So sometimes <laughs> even in workplaces, when you have like a toxic workplace and you have anxiety, it may not be you really. It's it's the workplace, right? So mm-hmm. like like I said, a part of my work is really validating. Like, look, mm-hmm. you don't fit in in this workplace, right? Like it's nothing wrong with you, but if you put a palm tree in the mountains Mm -hmm. in uh, Colorado, it's going to die. Right. Like, so you are a palm tree and Mm -hmm. this is what's happening, but we need to get you to a space where you can flourish Mm -hmm. because if you put it in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. you could be all right, you know? And so helping uh, people through the processes or the, or process the things they need to process to get them to a a place that is better for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So what else? Anxiety. We're talking about symptoms, right? Yes. Yes. Um, You see, you know, um, just a lot of just a lot of worry, Mm -hmm. avoidance of things like avoidance of people because they have different types of anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So avoidance or you'll see a lot of times they don't carry things through because anxiety it is debilitating. Like when it gets when it when it's when it's um, the most severe Mm -hmm. and it hits people like early in the morning Mm -hmm. or late at night and they have a lot of great ideas and they have a lot of great potential. But when that anxious brain starts to talk to them or that anxious mind starts to talk to them, it is debilitating.
3: I have to say, um, you know, far as experiencing, experiencing someone who's gone through a mental health issue, you know, some me being on the other side and experiencing someone, it's. It's hard mm-hmm. because it's like, how do I help this person? Because another one that I want to bring up is someone who's always living in the past. Every time you talk to them, it's always something from the past because they haven't really dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And then and then, you know, it goes from that to mood disorders. Like you never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, you call one day and then the next day, you know, they're flying off mm-hmm. Um That has been my experience with it, and then the anxiety—that is so true because you know I, you know, I think everybody gets anxiety, but I know when it comes on me, it's like it's like you got fifty million things in your brain, you don't know. It's going fast. It's It's racing fast, Mm -hmm. you know. And and when it comes on, you know, I pray. That's what I do. (laughs) I have to pray on it. But um, it's 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 something. You know, the mind Mm -hmm. is so powerful,
1: and the voice tells you the anxious the anxious mind tells you you're not good enough you can't do this you can have the greatest idea ever and it's mm-hmm. like you can't do this you stupid mm-hmm. you know if your mother didn't even think you can do this what make you think you can do this yes. right so it's a lot of these it is it is um I like to say like depression is kind of ruminating on on past events things that have happened and anxiety projects into the future about things that haven't even happened yet mm-hmm. and it and it debilitates you so you don't move forward so it, with each of those things, you are not in the present moment, yes. which is a gift, right? That's why they call it a present, yes. right? So you are in the past or you're in the future, and you miss the the zhuzh moment, right? The moment mm-hmm. where you know of your greatness, which is right now, because it's what you have. Yes. And and if you've had trauma in the past, it will project it onto the future to stable, to destabilize you, so you don't move, right? Mm-hmm. And then and so it and a lot of times they come. Hand in hand, and then when you add on the layer of, you know, people who've had like traumatic experiences, and may have psychiatric issues, um, or may even be uh, like bipolar with with psychosis, it can it can get really complicated, you know, in terms of how that person presents to the outside world. So, how to help the person? Um, I'll put that back on you. I answered the question earlier. You tell me. You tell me. yes
3: so earlier you said that we should um validate Mm -hmm. and uh, you said validate Mm -hmm. then you you said express your own express your own experience Mm -hmm. very good and then um say you know i you know i don't have all the answers maybe you you should you could call someone or suggest that they
1: and then maybe have someone like Show that you love them. Like, look, I researched a few people. Psychology Today is a good place. I think y'all found me on Psychology Today, right? Mm-hmm. I researched a few people. I think that they could probably be able to help you. You know, let me know how could I, I could support you in this. And then there's another thing. You're a very good student. I'm also, a, I like to teach. So yes. That's important. <laughs> um, the other thing is you have to be aware of your own boundaries. It is hard to love a person with... Uh, active untreated or treated sometimes mental illness. It is it is it is hard to do. Mm-hmm. So you sh- I am not a fan of um sacrifice because I they believe that sacrifice breeds guilt, right? So you should only give what you have to that person. Do not give from your empty cup because they're dealing with a a a, a um pervasive issue. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I know in some of the like the questions like, well, how do I help? How do I help? You have to first put your own mask on. Right. You have to know what your boundaries are and know sometimes that you may not be able to take that call mm-hmm. because you, you're you not there. Right. Yeah. You know, you have to take care of yourself and then you have to find a way to they're going to have to understand that. Yeah, this is what I'm coming with. And sometimes I'm a bit much for people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you have know, to recognize
1: that and be real with yourself. And be real with yourself and also be real with them. And I, and I believe that, like, the truth creates the space for healing, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't pretend that, like, I'm going to always be there for you. No, there may be some times where I just have to go to sleep right. and I'll be able to give you a resource, you know? Absolutely. And yeah. what do you
0: say? Because you made a very good point about the workplace and, and people, um, you know, not recognizing because everybody has to go to work. And I think for the normal everyday person, sometimes we have jobs that are very demanding. And so we come home, we have children, we we have those lives. That's just the everyday life thing. Um, how often are or how do we determine between the difference of you know, my job is really stressful. I need to take a break. And do we, should we be taking breaks out throughout the year from our, from our jobs? Like, is there a time where you say like, yeah, every two months or, you know, every six months you should be taking a break from work to, in order to, you know, revitalize, re-energize yourself because work for everyday person can mm-hmm. be stressful. You know, you have project managers, people who are working in these jobs that, your mind is constantly working and not even
1: just project managers, other people who work at the grocery store everyday mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be stressful. Yes. So I think it's important to remember that you are not your job. You are a person who works there. Mm-hmm. So that means that whatever you need, you should do. Mm-hmm. So you say breaks every couple months. months. Mm-hmm. You, you may need to figure out how to take a break. Every couple hours Mm -hmm. and that may not look like getting up and walking off. Right. If that is if you don't have a job that allows you to go get some fresh air, the responsibility is then on you to say, "Okay, how can I be healthy and exist here? Mm -hmm. And then if you get into a space where you ask yourself those questions um, and tell yourself the truth about it. You may make some different decisions, or you may make the same decision with a different mindset. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yes. And so, for me, like personally, I leave the country. I try to leave the country four times a year. Oh, I love, yeah. I love to travel. Mm-hmm. I'm this stuff that happens in the in the United States. It is very overwhelming for me. Right. Sitting as a therapist and 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 being that space for people to process their issues it is it is hard work right so you I know it. i build into my lifestyle mm-hmm. like okay just like i said oh next weekend like i've been working all this weekend next weekend i'm about to go and get busy and have a yeah. and have an amazing yes. time and come mm-hmm. back rejuvenated and very present and available for anybody who i see on my screen right you yes. know um because i do virtual therapy so that's
3: that's you have to have that mental break. I call it a mental health day, but I I love what you said about even figuring out in a space in within a day how do you take that mental break if you can't get away? Me, my therapy is music. I mm-hmm. love music, especially at work when you know, you know, people are, you know, mm-hmm. you deal with your coworkers and sometimes it's like you need to turn off from them. Mm-hmm. So I put my headphones in and that takes me to another space mm-hmm. and I'm able to do my work and tune out mm-hmm. what I need to tune out. Mm-hmm. So that helps me a lot. I go to my car on my lunch break. like I mean, I even go anywhere, mm-hmm. but uh, if I need to get out the building, I will go to my car. That is my sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I, I totally agree with that. And then um, mental health day, if you're able to do it, you know, sometimes
1: you just got to call and say, I'm not going to be in today. <laughs> and know? having allies at work is really important. Like yes. having... Um, people at work where you can just go and, 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 and talk freely about what you're experiencing in your workday. Yes. And, and don't underestimate the power of like two minutes. Take two minutes. Ch- do a, a body scan. Like, what's up with me right now? You mm-hmm. know, am I tense? Mm-hmm. Am I, you know, and, and, and turn your intention and attention towards yourself. And your body will like it. Like, ooh, you thinking mm-hmm. about me. Okay. Right. And then the endorphins and all those things that come as a byproduct of that will release. And then you'll feel better having more of that you right. know so sometimes we think about a vacation and we think about these long the grand this, yeah mm-hmm. the grand. you can yeah. you can you can do it things can in t- in two minutes mm-hmm. and it's not going to um the job is is still going to get done right right exactly and what you're telling yourself and the energy that you're putting out there is that i am a person first and i have needs you know and i'm not gonna let this overtake me and it's hard to do it's not an easy thing that's why we got coaches and therapists to remind us
2: thank you (laughs)
1: yes she summed
2: summed it all up so what is the difference in a life coach and a therapist
1: okay so um therapy is really about well let me say this as a therapist there are you are a lot of different things for your client depending on what their needs are And sometimes coaching is a part of that. But with coaching, if you are not a trained therapist or if you are a therapist doing coaching, you should never mix therapy with a coaching client. Right. And this is why. So coaching therapy is really about um, processing, unpacking and integrating. Right. So you go deeper into the childhood. You go deeper into the why is this happening? How long have this been happening? You know, um, how do you how do you move through this? Right. We hold a space for you to move through it and eventually get to the place where you can integrate it into yourself and be able to operate as you desire. Right. So it's a um, it's a lot of like breaking apart to put back together in a in a refined way or at least a more conscious way, right? And you're doing the break Like, the therapist is not like, I'm about to break you down. Like, that's not the idea. But right. that's, the, that's the, the work that happens. So a lot of times therapy, people shy away from it or take therapeutic breaks is because it's hard work. Right. Because you are doing, like, really deep self-examination, right? Owning what's yours, giving away what's not. Um, and so on and so forth. And coaching. And so coaching is more um, future oriented. You have a very finite goal. Right. Like, oh, I want to. I hate my job and I want to figure out what the next career is for me. So it's was like, OK, so in coaching you, the coach asks some really like thought provoking questions toward like the future. There's not a lot of diving in to the past to why you even chose this career to why you to, to, to is this the career you chose or is this something that you're trying to fulfill a legacy and you're like we don't really get that deep and the challenge for me is sometimes I'm like mm, you really need therapy <laughs> right? you know and I will offer it and, mm-hmm. but if that's not the service that they want and it's not detrimental to continue on with coaching I'll continue on with mm-hmm. coaching right mm-hmm. um, but those are the differences one is more future oriented toward achieving a finite goal um but therapy is really like when people come in they just want to feel better does that make sense yes Mm -hmm. it does but there are some elements of coaching and therapy right um like even with my therapy sometimes i give homework almost all the time in coaching i give homework you know Mm -hmm. so so what's the benefit of a life coach having a life. So the coach. benefit of a life coach is to have someone um especially for the strong friend, right? If you think about the experience of the strong friend, she or he's the person that everybody comes to. So who are they going to go to, right? To ask them those thought-provoking questions that help to get them to their next level whatever that may be. So it's really a relationship that is designed to help you to process whatever your next steps are through conversation right and then you're able to have a a very um con you reach usually you reach like a concrete goal like for example there was um a coaching client that i had who was um unhappy in her job and didn't really know what to do about it and so in four sessions we realized that she hated this area she really wanted to live in california she was scared as ever to quit her job so In a session, it was like, well, let's write your resignation letter right now. Wow. Right? Yeah, let's (laughs) vote. Let's write it right now. No, I I can't. We're not sending it. We're not pushing send. We're just coming up with the words for it. You know what I'm
2: saying?
1: And And so with that same client, it may be like, well, tell me why you you haven't written your resignation letter. you know, I just feel afraid you know how long have you been feeling this feeling of fear like so then you go and you're trying to trace you're trying to trace feelings of fear, figure out where it came from, why it is, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth with coach as a, in a coaching situation, you don't go that deep. you're like, all right, let's do it right now, you know and mm-hmm. <laughs> right now yeah like <laughs> we got another 40 minutes we right. got time to write a letter right. you know right. and so it, does that love it. demonstrate yeah. the yeah, differences the benefits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so same client mm-hmm. and at the end she ended up moving out west wow. and she's living her best life and i think it love took us it. about five <laughs> sessions for her to really get the the, the 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 guidance and the confidence and the support mm-hmm. like remember like you know, this is what you want. You know, mm-hmm. you can do this. You right. can. It's like that cheerleader mm-hmm. person for you in a very like overt way. Okay. So, our
2: last question for are we you. We done. Okay. <laughs> you have been I great. I Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's been an awesome conversation. So, do you find that you are able to reach people better with online coaching versus face to face sessions?
1: Um, I wouldn't say. Better. I think it's just as, as good. Convenient. Um, yeah, for certain, like, like I said, my niche is a strong French. This woman is busy, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe coming to an office is not really... Um, Probable or yeah, yeah, for her. Mm-hmm. And also, remember, I like to travel, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wanted to set my business up because I also... I am not... I don't ever forget about me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I set my business up in a way that wherever I am in the world... I can access my clients and mm-hmm. I can I can work and, and make money, you Smart. know, so I say that to say um, as, a, as an example of how I really live this. I don't really just sit in and, and talk greasy. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like I really, it's like a for real thing for me. Um, but I find that certain clients um, are better in person. Some people prefer in person sessions. And, you know, they just wouldn't be my client. Right. Mm Because my client is one who thrives in the online space. You know, we FaceTime. We do we're on our phones and computers a lot. And so I don't have a I'm still able to build an authentic connection with a person through a video chat. Do you get like emotional with your clients? Emotional? what you yeah. mean?
2: Like, do you like, if they cry, do you ever like feel them and you shed a tear with them? No,
1: nah, I don't be crying. No? Right? Because, I mean, but do I ever feel like, do I ever hold back tears? Mm-hmm. Yes. But my job in that moment mm-hmm. to is be to be, um, t- because what, what when, when you cry with a person, especially a person who is in your, um, they're for therapy and they're natural caretakers, they will then abandon how they're feeling to console you oh right and so okay. that is not the space for it right like right i wouldn't want to do that because i'm i'm not i'm not doing what they pay me to do okay but the stories you hear like i don't think it's anything anybody can tell me at this point in my life that I would be that like that i haven't heard right. before mm-hmm. right and so my job right is to to show empathy and show compassion um not show sympathy Right. Mm-hmm. And hold the space for them to process these things and keep the space safe and not make it about me, which is why sometimes your friends are the worst people to do that with. Right. Uh-huh. Because yeah. they they are they have a um a certain vested interest that's different than a professional, mm-hmm. right? And and you might have pissed them off like three weeks ago, and they still holding on to that, oh, yeah, and, that they gonna, and they go and they use that as an opportunity to tell you, well, one time use da da da, and right. now you know it's it's a missed opportunity for a person to really get some healing. Or sometimes right. your
0: friends can have alternative motives. Maybe sometimes they don't. They're not really happy for you, or they're you know yeah. they may not give you the best mm-hmm. advice, like
1: and they say. don't have rules of confidentiality, right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> <is real>. <laughs> You
3: know, school, so when it goes left, they
1: tell it all. They tell it right. all, right? right. And now we talking about doing. them on hot topics. Right? Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but I love what she said about taking care of herself, though. I love that that you said. You mm-hmm. know, you're not just um, you know, discussing it into so, because that's very important. You can't pour from your cup if you don't have anything left over. So that's that's very important to take care of yourself. Take that time out for yourself.
2: So, are there any tips
1: that you want to leave with us before we wrap up? um tips for like listeners um or for someone who's on the fence of seeking help Mm -hmm. yeah if someone's on the fence of seeking help i would say find some therapy options call them and interview them ask them have you you know this is what i'm dealing with don't put everything out like don't pour your whole situation out but give them kind of some broad um, ideas about what you're dealing with and ask them, have they ever worked with someone who had these issues before? Um, What has been their experience specifically for people of color? What has been your experience working with women of color or men of color? Um, What type of training did you have? Like really interview them, right? The power um, there's this perceived power dynamic that the therapist is like above the client, but really the client is the boss, right? Like you hold the power. So I would say if you're on the fence, it doesn't hurt to call a couple of them up or us up, you know, <laughs> and ask us some questions. So like, even with my process, that's why I'd give like a free consultation because my thing is do no harm. I may not be the best person for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. and I And I'm very aware of that depending on where you are in your process. And then even the modality, if you are very acute, if you are suicidal or homicidal, I may not be the best. Online therapy may not be what's for you. Coaching may not be what's for you. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, really, like, interview, interview the person um, before you before you spend your money. And if they're not open to that conversation, then nine times out of ten, they're not for they're you. They're not for you. So, I guess that would be my only tip. And then in terms of um help people who love people who may have mental illness like don't weaponize it. Don't say, you know, you 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 um you need to go to therapy. Like don't do that because it's harmful to people. And I'd also say um there was a question you guys had and we didn't talk about it today and I'm going to wrap up cuz I know it's time to go. But around like whether it's really a mental Issue, or are they just using it as an excuse, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that is that is that question builds in stigma in and of itself. Because the reason we call like mental health disorders uh, behavioral health disorders because they're they affect the behavior, Mm. right? They uh, so a person them using it as an excuse may actually be a symptom of the behavioral health disorder. Right. So really expand how you're thinking about it. And 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 usually when you say this person is just using it as an excuse, nine times out of 10, they've crossed a boundary that you have not set strongly. So you have to look at yourself and say, how could I have stronger boundaries Mm -hmm. now? Because now I'm like attacking this person and not even believing that whatever is whatever, because they're their symptoms are, sh- are showing, right? right? Mm-hmm. So you have to, self-awareness is key. So with that, um, thank you all. <laughs> thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And um, one one time, if you can just run through um, the, the five warning signs of
1: mental health risk. Five warning signs. So we talked about isolation earlier. Um, so not, you know, being around your peers. We talked about changes in um, eating habits, changes in sleeping habits, you know, verbalizations of um sadness and hopelessness for an extended period of time. Um I think those were some of the 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 key things that we talked about. Or or people um being very uh, suspicious or paranoid or or really just not um you ever have those people in life where you feel like, you know, they're not really working to their potential, like they just have so much more. Um Check, then there may be some internal um, things happening, and a lot of it, the core is I'm not good enough, I'm not deserving, I don't deserve love. A lot of times, those are the core issues that people are dealing with, and they manifest in so many different types of mental health, um, substance use, behavioral health disorders, right? But a lot of times, you know, we all have the same problem, yeah. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. and I think that's the main important. So, always.
0: Always check on your strong friends. Always check on... Just check on your friends, period, because I think that's important. That's yes. that's a big t- takeaway, mm-hmm. to always check on people, make sure and, and recognize the signs, I think. And um, you did so well. I Thank mean, I, I just love everything that you said. It's just so relatable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Aww. the conversation. Thank you. You explained everything so well. Yeah, I really I did. Oh, and
1: another tip, like, stay in your lane, right? Like, do not be the paramedic if you are not the paramedic right love but, that. but know that. Yes. know how to get the person like your job may, may, may be knowing how to get the person to, to the, the, the par- to paramedic or telling them that a paramedic exists right but don't like stay stay in your lane with that because you may do more harm than good
0: Absolutely. Very big point. Okay. Well, Shatia, can you, um, everybody again, that's Shatia Blunt. Can you give out your social media so that way they can follow you? If anybody wants to talk to you on a personal level,
1: they can okay. get in touch with you. So my name is Shatia Blunt. The name of my company is I Am Me. It is a virtual psychotherapy and coaching practice, um, life coach and therapist for the strong friend. Um, I can be found at info, I-N-F-O, at I Me. So that's e y e i n m e dot com info at i m e and then on Instagram and facebook is at i m e and we're also going to have her information in the description of the show so if you guys
0: want to find her if you weren't able to write that down or anything you, you'll have it at the end of the, the show in the description mm-hmm.
2: So we're going to wrap up. You can email us at podcast at com. Our social media, IG and Facebook. IG is oel show, And Facebook is on everyone's lips. You can contact our feedback hotline at 571-206-8292. There you can give us feedback on our shows. You can give us topic ideas. And you can do so anonymously. Please subscribe to our podcast on everyone's lips. We're on iTunes. That's with apostrophe S as well. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other platforms that you may consume podcasts. You can also catch us on the True Radio Network under blogtalkradio.com. Please give us a rating. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. But all honest feedback is welcome.
3: Shatia, once again, we want to thank you so much for joining us in the studio. This thank has you. been phenomenal.
1: Thank you. I've enjoyed and it as well. I've
3: learned a lot. And to everyone out there, until we meet again, live well, laugh often, and love much. Bye bye.